You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 22nd. As always, I'm your host, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work over at Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer kicking butt, writing about all sorts of weird stuff and more on the way. You can also follow me on Twitter, of course. That is very important, at Javapeno, J A V. I-I-P-E-N-O. I finally pointed to it correctly. You can see me pointing to it correctly if you check out the YouTube. Lockdown Padres on YouTube just passed 330 subscribers the other day. Very cool. We've been ramping up those numbers lately. Very cool stuff, guys. And, of course, at LO underscore Padres on Twitter if you want all the Padres memes and dreams, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And with all that out of the way, i got to cut down my intro. I'm not going to lie. I've heard the comments. I've heard the reviews. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna shorten the the intro just a little bit because I talk a little bit too much sometimes. But today, I I think it's it's required that that I talk a lot because we are going to be talking about the Padres starting lineup batting from an offensive perspective. Might even talk a little bit of defense, honestly. But I might save that. Actually, no, I'm not going to. I'll I'll mention it, but I'm gonna save that for a future episode. We're gonna be talking about the, the lineups in all the National League West and how I feel the Padres stack up compared to the Diamondbacks, Rockies, Giants, and of course those pesky Los Angeles Dodgers. Where would I rank them? Where would I rank the Padres? That's the big question. And granted. I probably should have done this before the season started because now we are going to be, you know, guilty of being biased based on some certain numbers we've already seen. But, hey, whatever, that adds a new layer to all this, why don't we? I mean, we're always changing our predictions and whatnot as the season goes along. So, I guess this isn't necessarily all that different. So, guys, let's get into it. And the thing I want to start off with the most is probably the easy answers, right, as to where the Padres rank. There's two teams I want to talk about first. That is the pesky Los Angeles Dodgers and the very, very mediocre, even though I love, I got love for them, I actually really like their alternate City Connect uniforms for the record. Hot take of mine. I think they're actually pretty cool. I like the rattlesnake thing. I just think it's, I, I like having a weirder, different sort of mascot instead of an eagle or a bear or a some sort of bird, right? You know, like a rattlesnake. I don't know. It's just kind of, it's, it's cool to me. Anyway. I got some decent respect for the Dimebacks look. But I want to talk about in terms of them being obvious in the sense that these are this is a team that is obvious that the Padres don't have a better lineup then, and it is a team that I believe is obvious does not have a better lineup than the Padres. Let's start with them first. That's the Arizona Dimebacks. Shocker. I wish I could say that it was obvious that the Dodgers ain't no good, but unfortunately we're going to have to break them down a little bit further down the road. Let's talk about the Dimebacks. And one of the reasons I think it's obvious that the Dimebacks don't have a better lineup is I know that they've got some cool guys in there. I know they've got Dalton Varsha, right? I know Dalton Varsha is pretty good. Some people even think Pavin Smith could be something. I know he was pretty decent last year with his with his 267, 328 slash uh, batting average on base. But just looking at the rest of the lineup, I'm sorry, but outside of Ketel Marte, and maybe Christian Walker was interesting at one point, in 2020, he hit 271 with a 333 on base, and he managed to smack seven home runs in just 57 games. There was like a hint of power there, 
There was a hint of that power in 2019, 348 on base, and he also was able to hit 29 home runs. So there was a, a potential that Christian Walker could be great. Now, don't get me wrong. For the money and everything all considered, I would take Christian Walker at half a second over the current first baseman that the Padres have when you take into account all the contract stuff and blah, blah, blah. And even with without the contract, just in a vacuum, I think that Christian Walker might be more preferred. That's where we are right now. But anyway, he's not doing any good for the Diamondbacks right now, batting 146 on the season with a 280 on base. Um, the only player really worth talking about on the Arizona Diamondbacks when it comes to offense is Cattell Marte. And... I understand there, there could be a decent case to be made that Cattell Marte is one of the five best bats in the National League West. I, I actually think that could be a hot take coming in. Go listen to Lockdown Diamondbacks with Miller Thomas. I guarantee you he's probably said something like that. But for me, I just haven't had – it feels like it's been very inconsistent for a lot of Cattell Marte's career. Don't get me wrong, very good player. But on top of the health issues, which I am going to factor into all of this, by the way, when looking at lineups – it's just his be- his best season back in 2014 when he played 144 games, 329, 389, 592 slugging uh, in terms of his splits. He was able to hit 32 homers, even stole 10 bags, did not strike out a lot. He actually struck out um, 86 times only compared to 53 walks. So he really can be an elite bat. But then in 2020, he missed some games. And also in 2020, he wasn't very good, 287, 323. He actually played a decent amount of 2020, but he only hit two home runs, which is weird. And then last year in 90 games, 318, 377, 532 with uh, 14 home runs, but only 90 games. So for me, I just think that that's, that's clearly not enough because that's the only interesting bat in this um, Diamondbacks lineup with the exception of Dalton Varsho, who's pretty good too, who we'll get to in one second. To me, it's just very... Come on, man. Like, I just, I need a little bit more to confirm that he's good. He's having a rough start to start the season, and I know that he's probably one of the better bats, um, you know, in the National League West, but I just need a little bit more, and I need a little bit more consistency because there have been plenty of players before that I can't, you know, we, do we have to do the Chase Headley thing where you, there are plenty of one hit wonders who have that good time and that everybody looks at their stat cast metrics and they think that if you type in baseballsavant.com, type in the player's name and they click on them, that all of a sudden you're an, you're an MLB stats expert just because you're able to look at the fact that he's in a lot of red, right? So that's my thing. I think Cattell Marte is really good, but I don't know. I just think he could be potentially one of the better second basemen uh, in the National League West. I just don't, I think that it's, I'm a little bit hesitant to call him a superstar, even though I think that that's what his potential has shown at some points. And then the other team we're going to talk about, because that's basically, our, hold on, I forgot to mention Dalton Varsho. Dalton Varsho, interesting player, I think, for the D-backs. He, uh, I can't actually see him right now. Why, why isn't he showing? I thought he was a catcher. Was he the catcher for the, the D-backs? What's going on here? This shows you how little I know. Oh, he's playing center field now. Okay, Dalton Varsho last year was very, very good, at least by decent standards, uh, by catching standards, 246, 318, and he managed to hit 11 home runs in 95 games. But even that, granted, not bad, but in the grand scheme of things, not all that great in a vacuum. I know it was decent for catching stuff and all that, and Carson Kelly and all that, but really, it's just Cattell Marte. The Padres have a better lineup than them, all right? A little bit of a rough ending there, guys. A little bit of a rough ending. But you know what doesn't have any sort of rough spots? Any sort of weaknesses? Unlike your host right here sometimes? The best protein bars in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Those are built bars, of course. You guys know what I'm talking about. All right, check out the macros for these things because they're healthy for you. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 
four grams of sugar, and four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and you're rolling. You're vibing. You're killing it. White chocolate cookies and cream flavor. Does that interest you? Peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, coconut mint brownie, apple almond crisp. I only named like six flavors just now. And that's the other thing I love about Built Bars, guys. Great, great, great variety of flavors. The best of all protein bars, may I say, on the market. So on top of tasting good and being healthy, they got a great variety. And because you're listening to the show, I got a deal for you. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And I got another deal for you guys, all right? At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, all right? Because sometimes you just got to drop a dime and to get a dime. You know what I'm saying? You got to you gotta get some good jewelry. That came out really wrong. You got to get some good jewelry for the very for, uh, important person in your life, guys. From creating the custom engagement ring of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. And, guys, everyday jewelry, all right? Cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, gold layering jewelry, etc. It's usually given as a gift, but... But guys, it can also be given for just a friend of yours or girlfriend or wife or mother-in-law or just your mother because Mother's Day is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. So go check it out. They've got wedding jewelry, fine jewelry, all sorts of stuff that you could want. This Mother's Day, give your mom something they'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off of $500 orders. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use code locked on to get it, guys. That's code locked on. And plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. I know that's a big part of it. That's a big part. Where do you give away the ju- You don't want people to know. I get you. I get you. So remember, guys, let's go locked on at Blue Nile before Mother's Day. Oh, boy. Mm. Had to take a swig of water there. Because we got to talk about the pesky Los Angeles Dodgers and their lineup, all right? Oh, boy. Um, let's talk about the Dodgers. And I know that this is this is the other easy question to answer, right? And that's the Dodgers for me because clearly they have the best lineup, not just in the National League West, but in all of baseball. Freddie Freeman, Gavin Lux, Justin Turner, Trey Turner, Will Smith at catcher, Chris Taylor as a literally play every position player, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy once he – is he back yet? I forgot. Yes, Max Muncie is back. I thought he was, like, still hurt for some reason. Where did I get that from? Anyway, Max Muncie, who arguably one of the more underrated second basemen in baseball, uh, but he is no longer obviously playing uh, first because of Freddie Freeman arriving to the team, who I mentioned. And, you know, it, it's just when you look at the lineup, I understand if some people are like, well, I could see, you know, Mookie Betts so far. Mookie Betts, very interestingly enough, I'm actually going to pull this up. Um, a good friend of mine was texting us. Let me see if I can find it. Do do do. Where the heck? Where the heck is it? Mookie. It's in my. It's in my. It's in my. Uh, there we go. Okay. Mookie Betts is currently batting 178 with just two extra base hits through his 52 plate appearances. He has yet to barrel a ball, and his sprint speed is down over a foot per second. So some people, I know you Padres fans probably know or have an idea that Mookie Betts has been struggling. The problem is, aside from the fact that I think he'll be fine and or I think that this could just be an injury sort of thing, we saw this happen with Anthony Rendon last year, maybe a little Christian Yelich, where guys who are playing are actually still playing hurt. 
And that happens every now and then. And I think that that's a key component to baseball that actually gets a little bit under-discussed is maybe someone's playing with an injury right now when they shouldn't be. You know, Anthony Rendon was a great example last year. He was terrible to start the year, and then eventually he just got shut down with injury. He was trying to play through it, and it just didn't work. I think Wookiee Betts will bounce back. But the whole point of it is this. Even if he doesn't become an MVP this year, everyone on the Dodgers lineup is capable of stepping up. Cody Bellinger, who looked toast... Right to the point where I'm going to make a confession. I may or may not have drafted him in my fantasy baseball league this year. And the reason I did was because he's arguably the only Dodger that I kind of like because I like the memes. I like his attitude. I think it was really funny when he was talking about, yeah, I may struggle now and I may strike out a thousand times, but I'll come through when it matters or whatever his quote was before the season. He's looked terrible. He's kind of like the bizarro first baseman for the Padres in the sense that Bizarro, the first baseman for the Padres, hits everything on the ground. Bellinger, with his crazy, just scythe, super axe swing, looks like he's trying to lift everything. And it seems like he's been striking out a lot. He was terrible in free, um, in um, spring training, and he was terrible last year. Last year, he had a 165, 240, 302 slash line, which is atrocious. Granted, in 95 games, but maybe it was because of an injury. Same thing for his year in 2020. Because so far this year, through 12 games, he's batting 279 with a 354 on base and a 535 slugging to go with two homers, and he's even stolen uh, three bags. It's not that he's not striking out at all. He is. He's got 15 Ks um, over his 12 at-bats so far. Not 12 at-bats, 15 games so far. Like, he still can strike out, but it just shows you that even when you might say, all right, Mookie Betts is going to decline, there's another guy who seems to be stepping up. Gavin Lux and Cody Bellinger are the two people for that team. Max Muncy's going to be fine. Trey Turner, been a beast so far, 292 average with a 327 on base. That will go up. He's still got the speed and the power and the good defense too, even though we're not talking about it. Justin Turner is probably the one that I think is the most likely to decline this year. That would be my take. I actually think that Justin Turner, there's a pretty good chance that maybe this is it. Maybe this is the last year that he's going to provide really above-average offense and also one of my most hated Dodgers, uh, for sure. I, and I, don't, I won't get into that now. I won't get into that now. But one of my more uh, disliked Dodgers. So even with all that, they signed Freddie Freeman. Not much else to report here, guys. The Padres do not have a better lineup than them. But now we get into the interesting part. Let's talk about the last two teams. That's the Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Giants. Let's get negative, ladies and gentlemen. I think that there's, and I know it might shock you, that I don't immediately put the Padres lineup ahead of the Colorado Rockies. But to me, to me, when you look at their lineup with C.J. Crone, Brendan Rodgers, Ryan McMahon, and of course Chris Byatt, um, Connor Joe, Randall Grichick, Charlie Blackman, who's now the DH because he can't run for anything to save his life these days. I mean, he's been awful in the in the outfield defensively for years now. I'm actually surprised. Um not, not surprised, but I'm actually, I feel a little bad that the Rockies weren't able to DH him sooner. Um, even though he had a bunch of good years for Colorado as an offensive player, for sure. I actually think that it's not all that easy to put the Padres ahead. And I know what you're saying. I know you might say the course field thing, and I get it. I don't want to get all, into all of that. I actually, they're actually not necessarily the biggest inflator of run value. Uh, they say that's actually could be the Cincinnati Reds' great American ballpark. Might be the easiest place to hit, but... Bottom line is that is something to be taken into account. And for me, I think that they have, all right, let's say Chris Bryant and Manny Machado are both the big guarantees in their lineup, right? And then for the Padres, they also have Jake Cronenworth, who I think is going to be bounced back and be great. But outside of that, and especially in the early going of Luke Voigt, are we sure 
that the Padres don't have, that the Padres have, I mean, a better lineup than the Colorado Rockies, Connor Joe in 2021, 285, 379, 469 slash line, right? In only 63 games, but still. This year, 349, 451, 605, looking like an MVP to start off. Seven walks to 10 strikeouts. He's got a stolen base on the year, and he's got two home runs. He's been ranking. The Rockies' offense has had its moments, for sure, to start the year. And Brandon Rogers is a guy who, while he he seems to hit a decent amount on the ground, it seems like he's not quite hitting the ball hard enough necessarily. He's a little bit of a slapstick hitter. He hasn't done uh, all that great so far this year. Even still, uh, still a very young player. And it wouldn't surprise me if maybe he can provide value for them as an offensive player. Remember, we're talking about offense, right? Both Abrams and Hassan Kim might be better defensively than some of the Rockies infielders, but as offensively, they're a bit unproven with Hassan Kim and CJ Abrams, at least as of right now. I'd rather have CJ Abrams, let's be very clear, than those guys, but at least as an offense, it might take some time. And then on top of Connor Joe, you have Chris Bryant, like I said, one of the bigger guarantees. He's a guy that's going to hit 260, give you a 340 on base, and 28 home runs at minimum. That's great, right? Not better than Manny Machado, but there's just this level of, yes, the contract was clearly an overpay, and it doesn't make a lot of sense that the Rockies decided to kind of, you know, to get rid of Nolan Arenado, eat the money, and then give away a big contract the next year. That doesn't make all that much sense to me. They didn't trade Trevor Story when they had the chance. Now he's in Boston. Rockies don't know what they're doing. But on top of that, I also kind of like Ryan McMahon. And this is an all-feeling thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say it's an all-feeling thing. All-feeling thing. All right, so sorry for the stat nerds if they get annoyed. Ryan McMahon signed a deal with the Colorado Rockies this past offseason that I don't think everyone expected, you know, coming into this. Because this is a team that, like I said, just gave away, didn't want to spend money. And all of a sudden, they gave... Ryan McMahon, a pretty a pretty hefty contract, you know, considering that he hasn't really been all that great of an offensive player. His contract is six years, seventy million. In theory, if that works out, that could be a decent discount because Ryan McMahon is a great defender. So far this year, he is batting a very cool, not great necessarily, but he is batting. Let me just pull it up really quickly: two twenty five with three twenty six on base, four twenty five slugging. He's got one home run on the year. He's striking out a decent amount, not too much, but still. If Ryan McMahon can become a guy who gives you a 340 on base and hits 250, hits for a decent amount of power too. Last year, he had 23 bombs. That's a pretty good deal. You know what I'm saying? I think people might be discounting the fact that his great defense, and if he just becomes an average offensive player, that could be huge for the Rockies, especially a team that really has lacked defense for a long time. So my feeling is... This is one of those sneaky contracts that actually is going to look really good for the Rockies in a while. That's my bold prediction. I think the Chris Bryant thing is going to hurt them eventually. But Ryan McMahon, it would not shock me if that contract, it's also team friendly. Maybe a team wants to make a trade for him or whatnot that really needs some third base defense. Who knows? But something tells me that they think, let's get this guy just in case he blows up as an offensive player. He's still relatively young. So I really like Ryan McMahon. So all of that is to say, and on top, and I forgot to even mention CJ Crone, who's raking so far, one of the more consistent kind of bats in Major League Baseball the past two years. Last year, 281, 375, 530 slugging. He hit 28 home runs. Hopefully you drafted him in fantasy, because this year he's absolutely killing it. An 813 slugging, which will go down at some point, don't get me wrong. But he's been killing it, and six home runs already to start the year. 
And I think what he's doing is kind of legit. In terms of in-course field, maybe you have to take that with a grain of salt, of course. But I think he's going to keep it up. I think if you drafted him in fantasy baseball, you're very smart. He doesn't have the name value, which is a smart play. It's just a smart play. He reminds me of a little bit of Charlie Blackman. There's always Rockies players. Hear me out here. Rockies players that do well, and everyone's like, okay, that was just a course field thing. Forget it. You know, like your Corey Dickerson back in the day. Even your cargo, Carlos Gonzalez, guys like that, that people just are like, all right, whatever, they won't repeat it this year. And then they keep doing it, and then they slip in your fantasy draft. That's what seems to be happening. I think CJ Crone's going to be pretty good for them. So all of that is to say, I don't really know if the Padres have a better lineup. I don't really know. I don't really know. And now let's get into an even more tricky team to discuss, guys. But before we get into that, before we make the final bet on who I think is going to have, what my ranking tier order for lineups in the National League West are, guys, let's talk about Bet Online. All right. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. So if you're into the betting and the prediction and you want to make a bet on whether or not the Padres lineup and that Javier Reyes is a fool and that they're going to rake absolutely in the second half and beyond and whatnot, you can go check out the betting odds, all right? Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the basketball playoffs on top of baseball, guys. They've also got hockey. They've got football, all sorts of stuff. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs and esports and more. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's talk about those pesky Giants. Those pesky San Francisco Giants. Let's go through the lineup. San Francisco Giants so far this year, when you look at hot home run fly ball rates, they're hitting everything in the air. They're hitting everything in the air. And I think that what has to be discussed more than other teams in Major League Baseball is the fact that San Francisco Giants have the one of the biggest coaching staffs in baseball. They seem to get a lot out of almost everybody, right? Whether or not that continues this year, is a question, right? Can Darren Ruff do what he did last year, where he had a 270 batting average, 385 on base? He hit 16 home runs. He was one of the most patient hitters in baseball. And patient is a key word when discussing the San Francisco Giants. They brought along Jack Peterson, which is interesting. They've got Lamont Wade on IL. They've also got Tommy LaStella on IL, who I think is going to be just a slapstick hitter for them, hopefully. When he comes back, he was actually pretty solid for the Angels in 2020, 273, 371. Granted, in only 28 games, but... And because years before that, just a hitter's hitter, Tommy LaStella. Not a lot of home run power, but when they're looking for just slapstick hitting, which is a good thing to add to the San Francisco Giants lineup that is very patient and likes to hit a lot of home run and, um, and pull their fly balls and turn them into home runs and what have you, um, that's going to be very big for them. And they've got Brandon Crawford, obviously, who started off pretty slow this year, 205, 270 on base, not slugging at all. But last year, he was a borderline MVP candidate. And then you got Brandon Bell, arguably the most underrated first baseman in baseball for the last six years. Because if he wasn't hitting over in San Francisco, I think this guy would have hit probably 30 home runs multiple times in his career. I think his just power isn't, it's just doesn't, not the perfect match uh, in San Francisco. So, you know, fancy investors who were hoping that he would sign with another team were probably a little bit disappointed. But to start the year, Brandon Bell's been awesome. He looks super patient. He's slugging 558 with a 373 on base. 253 average. He has four home runs. He's on my fantasy team, I'll tell you that much. And he's mortifying every time he's at the plate. Mauricio Dubon's there. It's 
And then Joey Bart is another interesting one who, granted, hasn't been incredible and I don't think is going to be incredible. That is a loss for them, losing Buster Posey, retiring after last year. But as someone who doesn't like giving up on young players and just assumes that because, you know, some people are calling him Joey Fart, which is messed up, and they're calling him a bust. He was a top prospect for the Giants for a while. They're catching prospect. And I just don't want to say, I don't want to be out on the guy. You know what I'm saying? Granted, maybe the Giants didn't expect Buster Posey to retire, but I just trust the Giants a lot more with raising guys and that he's not going to be this guy who struggles immensely at the plate. Is he going to be incredible? I don't think so. But would it shock you if he's just overall a little bit of a better catcher than everyone in the division with the exception of Mr. Will Smith of the Dodgers? Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. So far, 324 on base, 448 slugging. You know what the Giants have done, right? Maybe he can just make his his walk rate a little bit higher. He can improve his offense at the plate because he's a good defender. Probably going to carry there for sure. But as an offensive player, I can see Joey Bart just with the Giants, with their incredible amount of coaching staff that they have there that have revitalized a lot of players, I could see a world in which Joey Bart just doesn't hurt them offensively and he walks a decent amount, hits home runs, and plays good defense. Wouldn't shock me if he did that. He actually hit a bomb off of Sandy Alcantara. Uh, I think it was on was on an opening day. It was like one of the, the first, it was the first week of the season, which was nuts. Um, really funny. My buddy Aram Layton said he would Venmo everyone in my group chat like $400 if that happened. So uh, we're waiting for that, buddy. Anyway, and then the rest of the Giants lineup, just to talk about Brandon Crawford, he's the only one that I'm a little bit like, no way. This isn't happening again. Seriously. Like, I just don't. They'll find some other guys, right? Let's say Darren Ruff doesn't, whatever. They'll find a way for Lamont Wade to be good. I do believe that they'll find ways, right? Evan Longoria is on IL for them right now, too. But for Brandon Crawford, he had never slugged nearly the way he did last year. 298, 373, 522. They gave him another contract, which I think made sense because they have Marco Luciano, a top-level uh, shortstop prospect for them. So they figured, all right, until that guy gets back, let's not sign a long-term investment in a shortstop. Let's give Brandon Crawford two more years. just makes more sense. I get it. He's got a great glove. He's had an elite glove for a long time. Padres fans are probably well familiar with that. But the 24 home runs last year, beating his career high of 21 in 2015, and even in that year, he just he never slugged this much. He never walked this much. His highest on base percentage was, if I'm not mistaken, 320, no, 342 in 2016. And other than that, 305, 325, 304, 326, 311, 321, 304, 288. He's never had the on base skills that he had last year. I'm willing to accept that Brandon Crawford, that that's not going to continue. I'm willing to at least respect that opinion. But for me, God damn, is this Giants lineup just terrifying. So far in the early going, if I could just pull up some team stats right now. Let me see what we got here. Can I find, like, by home run? I'm on MLB.com right now, if you guys are wondering. I'm trying to sort all the stuff. God dang it. It's so hard to work the MLB.com on mobile, on, like, your mobile device. I don't know why this is so hard for me. Ah, God damn it. But basically, they're one of the top teams in the hard hit rate, in barrels, in fly balls to start the season. And I'm just not really... I don't see a way in which that necessarily entirely changes. I don't. So you can say that the Padres could have a better lineup. That would not shock me if they do. However, I think that if you're willing to say, oh, well, Luke Voigt's going to be great, or Trent Grisham's going to be great, or Hassan Kim and some of these other guys on the team until Tatis gets back, 
I think that it's fair. And by the way, we don't know exactly for sure when Fernando Tatis Jr. is getting back. Right? We don't know for sure. Some were saying early July, which was a little scary. It would not shock me if maybe Tatis is out longer than we think. So if you take into account the fact that they are the Giants, the fact that I think that a good amount of what they're doing is legit. They've got some guys on the IL. Their pitching is electric, but we're not talking about that. It would not shock me because if you're going to say all those guys on the Padres are going to be good, with the exception of Cronenworth and Machado, why can't Darren Ruff and Steven Duggar and Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt and Lamont Wade and Austin Slater and Wilmer Flores and some of these guys cumulatively just give them what they need on base plus home runs and they are not going to strike out too much. I think you have to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. So that's my take on the Giants. So overall, talking about all of this, my hierarchy for the National League West, and I know that, look, this is something that's going to have to be talked about as more time goes along, as more matchups between the two teams are talked about. Might do a crossover with Lockdown Dodgers at some point to talk about their takes on all this. But for me, my hierarchy of lineups in the National League West go... Number five, the Arizona Diamondbacks, just not very good, right? Maybe you have Darlton Varsho, maybe, right? Maybe Christian Walker can do what he did in 2019, right? Maybe hit the ball a decent amount with home run power. Then number four, that's where things get interesting. That's where things get interesting, guys. I actually think, and this is my bold take, I think that it, it is, I can see a universe based on what I've seen so far that the Rockies and Padres have the same sort of lineup in terms of overall offense. I really do. I think the only other guarantee is the Dodgers are at top, and I'm willing to put the Giants too. I know a lot of other people aren't, but to me, I don't think you win 107 games and fall all the way to below 500 after one year. Too smart of an organization to do that. Can they win maybe 91? I could see that. I could see that. And part of what's going to help them do that is going to be offense that could just give them runs. And there's nothing that can help you more with runs in the home run. Duh. in the regular season than just being consistent, being patient, and hitting fly balls. And that is what the Giants hitters have learned to do, and I trust their coaching. And I think that at least some of the things that happened last year are going to be legit, and I think Joey Bart isn't going to be as big of a bust as some people think. With the Padres, I really worry about Grisham. I've told you guys this a lot. And Voight so far, while I think he could be great, in fairness you know, not hitting the ball too hard right now. It looks like he's pressing a little bit too much at the plate. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Hassan Kim, I think it could be great as just a, a defensive player who slaps the ball all over the place. But as a home run guy, I don't necessarily trust it. He's got a lot of blue on stat cast right now. Yes. He's not pulling the ball as much as last year, which I like, but he's probably not going to hit for a lot of home run power. And CJ Abrams. while I think that his upside as many people have discussed is a Trey Turner light, right? Or even a more better Trey Turner. Maybe who knows? We'll have to see guys. I don't know if that's going to happen this year. And without Tatis for the foreseeable future, it really feels like the only ones that I'm very confident in are Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth. I know Cronenworth hasn't been good to start. I'm just not worried about him. Myers, the Padres' first baseman, those guys are more black holes than other question marks that we have on both the Giants and the Colorado Rockies. My prediction, my bold prediction would be I actually think Ryan McMahon's going to have a pretty solid year and he's going to play good defense. I think C.J. Crone's going to keep it up. I think Chris Bryant is just going to be steady and kind of there for them, especially for his first year. He's going to want to ball out. He just got his contract, man. He's just going to be chilling. I don't even know how he's doing this year, actually, to start. Has he been doing anything? Let me actually look how, how Chris Bryant's been doing. I don't have it right in front of me. Let me see here. 
Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been quite good. 349, 388 on base with a 442 slugging. So he's not quite hitting the ball out of the park, but that batting average might be great. Uh, like I said, he just feels like a walking 260, 270, 340 on base for at least another three or four years. I really do believe that, especially in Colorado. That's my take. And I know that sounds a little bit bold, but Brandon Rogers, I think he could actually be okay. CJ Crone, Connor Joe might be super legit. He might be the breakout star. If you're going to say the Padres lineup is better, I get it. But to me, as of right now, absolutely. I could see the Padres having the fourth best lineup. Absolutely. I could see them having one of the best players in Machado and Cronenworth. But I'm not totally convinced Tatis is going to come back soon. I'm just not. And also on top of that, guys, remember this was a separate injury with the motorcycle. Still got that shoulder thing. Right? Is that going to flare up? I don't know. It might. What if there's a scenario in which Tatis only plays like 40 games this year? All of a sudden, that Padres lineup, I don't believe in the Padres first baseman and Will Myers to not be black holes anymore, right? I don't believe in Trent Grisham being anything more than just a good player. He's good. You know, lowercase g, good. Good defense, decent eye at the plate, maybe can hit for some pop every once in a while. But as a guy who you're expecting to maybe carry the the top of the order and really be that breakout that they desperately need with Tatis gone, I'm not sold, man. I'm not sold. So that's my hierarchy, guys. Dodgers number one, Giants number two, and the Padres and Giants tied for third with a slight edge to the Colorado Rockies is my bold prediction, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks five. Not saying it's impossible. Maybe Manny Machado and Crotoworth, and maybe they'll make a trade deadline acquisition. Maybe they'll trade for someone who could play DH. Maybe they'll go sign Michael Conforto. Like, we don't know for sure. Maybe Jerickson Profar, right? I didn't even talk about him on this episode. Maybe he could be a decent left fielder. That's totally possible. Even if a little bit unlikely, I need to see a little bit more, guys. He has never really done anything like this. Just one of those wait and see things. It's one of those wait and see things, guys. So that's my bold prediction. I know a little bit of a downer, guys, but don't worry. Because as you guys all know, I am an idiot. So after the Dodgers get absolutely spanked by the Padres tonight, then you guys can tweet at me wherever, at Javapeno. I'm pointing to it right now. Boom. J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Or comment below on YouTube or at LO underscore Padres, you can let me know how much of a fool I am for saying the Rockies are going to have a better lineup offensively than the Padres this year. Yeah, that's about it, guys. Remember to go check out Locked On MLB, which is hosted by Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully. Uh, Great podcast, takes you both past and present. And that's basically it, guys. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Going to be recapping this Dodgers series on Monday. May talk with the Lockdown Dodgers villains, known as Jeff Snyder and Vince Sampiro, for next week as well. Going to be doing all sorts of stuff. Going to be breaking down uh, Padres prospects, the Just Baseball list, where I contribute to. Their new Top 100 came out. Going to be talking about Rob Hassel and C.J. Abrams a whole lot. Um, with my buddy Armley, and he's going to be on the show at some point next week. Maybe be doing some, as a bonus, a little movies, a top baseball movies thing. A lot of fun stuff, man. A lot of fun stuff. And maybe a uh, little birdie might have told me. I'm just kidding. No little birdie told me, but maybe we get a Joe Musgrove extension. I'm hearing a lot of chatter in that based on reports and stuff. Maybe they do that by midseason. We'll have to see, guys. Bottom line is you got to keep the faith the faith and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care